Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of the uh, the Culture Connectors. Uh, Pablo is on the line. Kayende on the line. Uh, yeah, sorry, technical difficulties. And uh, today we have a special guest, a uh, actually a cousin of mine, a also a brother of one half of the uh, the Couch Stealers. Uh, but before uh, I go ahead and introduce him, sir, please tell us who you are. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Matthew Johnson. Uh, I'm a poet, editor, and publisher. I'm very happy to be here. I'm looking forward to talking with you guys. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so tell us, Matthew, uh, take us from the beginning of, let's say, yeah, no, take us from the like the, the very, very beginning. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to college? And then take us to okay. you know what you do now and how you got to where you are. Okay, so I'm originally from New Rochelle, New York, which is in Westchester County. And as a toddler, I moved to uh, Fairfield County in Connecticut, Stratford. And um, that's where I went to school. That's where I went to elementary, middle. And my first my first part of my high school, but then in high school, I moved down to North Carolina, uh, near the Sean area. And that's where I went to, that's where I finished up my high school. But then after high school, uh, I moved to... Greensboro, where I attended UNC Greensboro uh, for my undergrad. And then after my undergrad, uh, I worked part-time for a little bit, looking for full-time work. And then eventually, uh, I worked at a newspaper in upstate New York near Albany uh, as a sports reporter and editor. And then after being there for about a year, I moved back down to Greensboro to get my master's at UNC Greensboro. And all that time, I would say from middle school onward, I had been writing and then uh writing my own poetry and then i would say probably about the time when i was like maybe 21 22 23 i really got serious with it and um i, I created a manuscript and i've had two books published and i have a chat book coming out next year so okay great great wow. so pretty extensive experience you've bounced around a lot and everything like that i mean i obviously know this but you know for the fans and everything um yeah, but no, would no, you no, say I'm, I'm so tired of moving <laughs> <laughs> So would you say um, you always had a like an innate interest in poetry or like an experience that happened that kind of just spurned it for you? I actually never really had an innate interest. And it's funny, like the first time I came across poetry and like I really came across poetry and not counting like, I don't know, in the Bible, like the book of Psalms and things like that. But it was in second grade. It was for a Black History Month project. And the teacher was drawing names out of a hat. And I really wanted Sammy Sosa. And Sammy Sosa, who is not African-American, was just part of this collective group of people who were just African-American. And I didn't get Sammy Sosa. I was so disappointed. And the first person, I, and the person I got was Phyllis Wheatley, who was an early Black poet. So that was like my first real introduction to poetry. And then I kind of put it down for a little bit, but then I really picked it back up again um, in eighth grade. And I had never really written poetry on my own, but we had this lesson for the for the class. And I will never forget the teacher, Miss Anne-Marie Donnelly, and she was a teacher I had in Bushwick, Connecticut. And I don't know if it was, like, the way she taught and just, like, the way she broke it down, but, like, I really felt a connection to it. And from that day on, I've always, like, been writing. So that's, like, I guess okay, my Okay, awesome. My so, like, very much like a, a hero's journey sort of story. Like, you know, some event happened and then just changed, changed everything for you. Um, so that's, I mean, that's awesome. That's good. Um, kind of tells people that, you know, you don't have to, you know, kind of be born for it. Things can kind of lead you in that direction. Uh, so piggybacking off of that, who would you say or what slash who would you say are your biggest influences in poetry? I mean, I know you, you know, you're an athlete. Um, a lot of your poetry talks about the Harlem Renaissance. So take us into like what themes, denouements, topics that kind of influence uh, what you write. 
Um, I mean, as you mentioned, the Holland Renaissance, those writers are probably like my biggest influence, and there are so many, and they and it's just interesting because they've had so many. They have there's so many different voices within them. You have someone like Zora Neale Hurston who was, um, like who's a who's an anthropologist, like capturing the like the lives of everyday folk. You have someone like County Cullen who was a poet writing in the British styles of like what you would imagine, like when you think of like British literature in like the 1700s, he was writing like that, but he was a black man. He was talking about. Um, he was using like his experiences to write in that form, and then you have someone like Claude McKay, who had, who was an immigrant coming from Jamaica, and kind of seeing his like kind of his immigrant perspective on things in terms of like how black people were being treated in America. And then you have someone like Langston Hughes, who was similar to similar to um, Hurston, like kind of capturing like, the everyday lives of people. So there there were so many, and I would say those are like my biggest influences. And as you mentioned, sports journalism. I mean, sports sports in general. I mean, I've always been a big sports fan. I. Every day, I, would, I mean, I love being a poet, but, like, I would love to be, a, I don't know, a baseball player more than a poet. But, um, I, I mean, I I mean, I, I still, like, resonate with sports journalism and sports writing. That's what I initially wanted to be, and that's what I, I did become that. So just thinking about the writers I grew up on, reading the Connecticut Post, the New York Post, the Daily News, like, from Mike Lupica, Shooting from the Lip, um, Greg, Gary Myers, just those type of guys. So I, those 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 writers have always influenced me as well. So, gotcha. Nice, and then, nice, um, nice. and then uh, also going off of that. So when did you know that you wanted to write a book? Because you had mentioned that it wasn't until your like early twenties, even though you had been writing since middle school. Uh, when did you know like, hey, I want to actually publish something, you know, for other people to read? It was when I was about after my undergrad, I guess maybe near my undergrad, and in between, I, yeah, I'm going all over the place. So I guess from the end of my undergrad to about when I was like in working in Oneonta, which was that town near Albany, where mm-hmm. I was like finished with school, there weren't any other projects that I was working on, anything like that. And as I was writing and editing, I was like looking at the work I had, and I was like, there, there's similar themes here, there's similar topics here that, that kind of can come together. So that's kind of like, I got to do something after, after school, after school, like I have to kind of keep my mind fresh. I want to keep writing and I want to get involved in the community, like the literary community. So, um, I kind of just kind of did some research about like how to do a manuscript. I ordered and I picked up some books, just kind of see how they've been structured. So I kind of just kind of went from that from, I guess, from maybe 2021 to about 22, 23. So. Okay. Gotcha. And then what would you say for the process, like personal process, like you as a writer, what are some of your biggest obstacles, um, you know, writer's block, um, inspiration, you know, what would you say is, uh, gives you a roadblock when you're trying to create, you know, material and content for the books? Um, I guess it, it kind of depends and it varies because right now, and I was just having this conversation with someone last week about, I will like, cause I do most of my writing now on the weekends. I mean, cause I'm, I'm working a nine to five before the nine to five when I was in graduate school, even though you're still very busy, you, you have a lot more time than even when you're compared to like being having a nine to five mm-hmm. and I would kind of write throughout the week, but now I do still write, but it's not as much. Most of the writing I do is on the weekends. So like, for example, if I'm writing something on Saturday, I'm really struggling with it. I'm not going to move on until I have that piece done. So if it's like five o'clock, five o'clock till 10 o'clock, that's usually when I go to bed, I will be looking at that, that one poem. I'll be reading poems that kind of maybe talked about that topic a little bit kind of see how they how they how different writers approached it and even then if i'm struggling with it i'm not gonna move on and then like the next day i'll knock it out in like 10 minutes just because sometimes 
when you're looking at something for so long and it's just stuck, you you do need a break. You need to just kind of take a break. I mean, relax and just get a second, just take a second mm-hmm. to breathe and then come back fresh in the morning, gotcha. which has and been very helpful to me. That's usually like the issue that happens to me in terms of like biting, like biting block and things like that. Yeah. And then um, I'm actually glad you brought that up because we had two other guests on and they had mentioned um, kind of, uh, I guess, perfectionism and when to kind of let go and just like, just let it flow and or leave it alone. And then, yeah, when you do come back, it's like a eureka moment. And, you, you know, it does take you like half the time or, you know, a quarter of the time and everything like that. Uh, so now now more, I guess, a more technical question. So take us through writing a book from start to finish. So you've written all your material, like, you know what you want to like send out to be edited. What happens after that? So, um, I, I just, you research publishers, um, you research publishers. There's like, there are multiple ways to get published. There are, there's like the big five publishing house, like mm-hmm. the large publishing houses, which are the ones like Penguin House, the ones that you would see like at the Barnes and Nobles, usually most mm-hmm. of the time. There are like independent and university presses. Some colleges and universities, they have their own press, which publishes books. And then there are also independent publishers out there. Um, all the books I've had published have been through the independent publish, publishers route. And then there's self-publishing. And since well, you just kind of publish it on your own and they all have like different, what's the word? Like there's different processes to each, but I'm just going to do independent since that's the process I've done. And it's just researching publishers, um, researching contests, reading books that they've published in the past to see if the themes that you have in newer collection kind of go along with the type of work they typically publish. And it's it's a rating, it's a process. It's you kind of have to get, I mean, get tough skin because you do get rejections. It happens a lot. And just in general, even mm-hmm. if not just the book process, but when you're first getting your name out there, submitting to magazines, you still, you'll get rejection and you have to kind of get used to that because no one's 100% all the time. So it's researching publishers, researching contests, seeing what's, what they publish and seeing just generally what's out there, what's being published and kind of seeing like, cause that kind of gives you a gear of like what audiences are reading and what publishers are looking for. So I, that's kind of like a very quick and broad view, but that's just, I just generally like the process, like researching, submitting, um, getting feedback. Cause if you do get rejection, some publishers will give you feedback about this. Like, this is the reason why we didn't publish it. And then you kind of work on that. And just because like I'm working on submitting a, a work now and it's been rejected a few times and some have gotten, given me feedback that I've read similar books that have gotten published around that time. I'm seeing like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. So it's just kind of a process of, of going back to it and editing it a little bit more. So, Okay, understood. And then um, is a publisher the only like other entity that's involved or is there any other people involved in the publishing process? Um, in my experiences, there, I mean, there's publishers and there's marketing people. So once the book is published, um, there'll be people out there marketing it, submitting it to contests, submitting it on, I mean, post, posting it on social media, getting the word out. But in terms of like indie, indie publishers, just because they're typically um, smaller and they don't have like as much money coming in as say like a university press, a lot of that's also on the author yourself. So mm-hmm. the author also has to like be comfortable and be confident enough to like approach a bookstore and saying, hey, can you, this is the reason why you, um, can you please like sell my book in store? Can I please hold an event at your at your bookstore it's also like going to conferences um going to events and just getting yourself comfortable and familiar enough with like the writing community because it is a a niche community and it's it's important just kind of like most industries it's like who you know a little bit so you obviously have to have skill 
and you also have to like do the work but also like i said like every other industry it's kind of like not to say luck because again there's work involved but it's also there is like a little luck involved so yeah okay so it's it's a it's a i mean for most things in life it's a lot of who you know but also even if you don't know anyone your skill would stand out in some way shape or yes, form and you'd definitely. recognize okay gotcha and then now to the to the main question i think that people really want to know um how's the money in poetry Ah, uh, the money in poetry ah uh, <laughs> I, I i i have good news and i have some bad news <laughs> i would say i mean i wish the money was more in poetry um usually typically fiction does sell a lot more than poetry i know mm. most people probably listening couldn't name five living poets and that's definitely okay. i couldn't name I mean, any five I, living poets either yeah no it's, <laughs> and it's, it's definitely okay and you, you know what <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um but it's also like it would be nice to do the money it's nice to have the money but it's also like i really just enjoy the process i enjoy i'm not an artist i'm not a musician i'm not a movie maker so i like having having this little outlet i have to just kind of express myself there was some money involved but it's also like i mentioned before it's a lot of work it's doing the interviews it's researching magazines researching newspapers researching radio to see hey can you plug my book and this is why my book might be might fit with a story that you may want to work for your audiences so it's like a lot of work but there is money involved if you work hard for it so okay gotcha and then um i guess if you know because you obviously know more living poets than both of us combined um the biggest poets that you know, what would you estimate around that they make, you know, off of residuals and, you know, everything combined, let's say? Hmm. I really, I don't know if I could answer. I really don't know. Cause I know like some of the writers that have influenced me, like Nikki Giovanni and Kevin Young. Um, I mean, they're working people. I mean, they're professors. So, um, mm -hmm. and they work, they work in usually in academia. And so, I mean, I'm not sure I guess what their salaries are, but even then, like the people, the writers who are, I guess, like at the top of the industry, like they're working people too. And even like the people you study in classes, like the people you study, like in early American literature, like a lot of them were working people. They weren't just, they didn't have the luxury of just writing whatever. A lot of them, some did, but a lot of them did not have the luxury of just like writing for pleasure and just not worrying about anything else. So. Okay, yeah. Well, that's a that's a message for everyone. If you want to be a poet, uh, it's very much a starving artist industry. You're still gonna have to work, but it's you know for the love of the game. So it's, um, it, keep that in mind. It's, now, it's in yeah, exactly. It's, it's very rewarding. It's very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Now, in your estimation, um, can anyone like be a poet? Do you need to have depth? Do you need to just be a good writer? Do you need both? Do you need neither? Like, what? what is the secret sauce of being a poet? Because it's some, is it a skill that's learnable or is it a little bit of innate talent plus having kind of a story to tell as well? I mean, I definitely think it's, uh, it's, you're not just born to be a poet. I mean, excuse me. I wasn't, I definitely was not born to be a poet, but um, a lot of it, it is hard work. It's a lot of it. And I, this is like one of the biggest pieces of advice I tell people that you have to read other poets, read other, other books. Just because, like, for example, if you want to become a baseball player, but you never watch a baseball game. I mean, you I mean, you could still try, but it would be very difficult. You want to see what's out there. You want to see, hmm, I like that. Hmm, I don't like that. And it's not like you're, you're copying and pasting, but it's also yeah. like you're kind of honing these different pieces together to create your own voice. 
So yeah. it's definitely, it's like any, I feel like, like most skills, it's something that you're not just born with it, you have to work on it. And it's like, because if I, like, usually the longest stretch I go not writing is maybe like around the holidays just because like I'm traveling, doing different things like that. But mm-hmm. I'm writing usually almost every day of the week. I'm like working on something and it's like, use it, you're going to lose it. Because when I come back from writing after those holidays, I'm like, this is just garbage. So... <laughs> So, so yeah, it's it's a lot of it. It's hard work, and it's something that's learn is learnable. It's not something that like oh, I'm this is so overwhelming. It can be a little overwhelming when you first step in, but it's like learning an instrument, like playing a sport. The more you do it, the more you get at it. The more comfortable you'll be, and the better you'll be. So, okay, understandable. All right, that's yeah, that's pretty straightforward. And then, so outside of just book sales, how do poets make money outside of that? Because I know it's not just purely oh, I sell books in the stores or, you know, I sell a bunch of books at Barnes and Nobles and then I make the difference between the bulk sales and the price that, you know, they give me to buy. So yeah, how else do uh, poets make money, you know, from just selling? I would say, I mean, outside of like events and um, selling books, I I mean, the other biggest thing would be like, for example, like contests. There there are always Mm -hmm. contests out there. And I'm not, I don't even know the percentage between like 50-50 is like, like a large sum of money and 50% is like not as large a sum of money. But I would say those are probably the, the major ways where like poets make money. I mean, fiction writers is, it, is probably different, but I'm not as familiar, but with, with poetry, it's like it's through book sales. It's going through events. It's through contests where you're submitting a book or you're submitting a manuscript to become a book or you're submitting a poem for this contest. And some do have um, uh, like a, a sum of money as the prize. So, Okay, gotcha. All right, so contest plus, you know, the normal, you know, book sales. Gotcha. And then, so when you make yeah. a book, what, I guess, give us a rough estimation on the numbers of who gets what cut, and then what are you left with after, you know, everyone gets their piece of the pie? So most, I believe the numbers about most, and this is only independent publishers. I'm not, as, again, I'm not familiar. <laughs> I am a little bit more familiar with self-publishing, though I never self-published a book. Uh, I know with independent publishers, usually about the writers get about 10 to 15% royalties. And then everything else goes to like the publishing house and the marketing people. And it's just because in universities and indie presses, um, they're like usually not large corporations, like, like a big five publisher. So it is a lot of work and it is like a lot of time and a lot of money for those publishers to put out the book. So Mm -hmm. writers usually get about 10 to 15%. Self-publishing, because self-publishing is like all on your own, you get like a much larger cut. I believe maybe it's, I think I've seen ranges from like about 100 to about like 75, 85%. Wow, yeah. That's the a, writer that's gets the royalties. But the issue, but the, I guess like the, I don't want to say the issue, but the, I guess the, the point to that though, is that when you self-publish it, you don't have, I guess, like the clout of a publisher behind you who have, who have connections in the industry and who can pass along the book everything's out of pocket for you as a self-published writer. So you have more of a, you have a larger royalty, but also you probably have to put in more work in order to get your name out there and sell more books. So it's like a give and take thing. So. Yeah. And that's actually a perfect segue for the next question. Um, how is, how essential is self-marketing for your success? Um, you know, are there poets that, you know, for the well-known ones of, you know, the poetry community, do they mostly use, you know, third-party marketing services? Do they do it themselves? Like, how does that kind of work? In terms of you know getting I mean, the most I mean self marketing, I would say self marketing is so essential. I know. I mean, the times I've debated if I should get rid of social media, 
I'm like, I kind of need social media just because without social media, all I would really have is like a website and people go to the website, but they also, it helps to see that you're not only like active on social media where you meet other writers, but that you're like, you're connecting with magazines, you're connecting with publishers. So it's very important to self-market because the publisher is not always going to reach out to the local bookstore and say, hey, you should buy this person's book. You have to go to that yourself. So self-marketing is essential. And I'm sorry, what was the other part of your question? Uh, yeah, I guess just the dichotomy between like self-marketing versus, um, you know, using like a third party service. Because you'd mentioned that before, how part of the publishing thing is they'll kind of market for you as well. So yeah. do some people just kind of use only third parties? Do some people kind of build their own brand? You know, what's the dichotomy between that? I think it's, it's like both. Cause I've, I've seen writers who do not have any social media, but like their word gets out there like only through the publisher. And if, mm -hmm. I mean, when that happens, I mean, you still sell copies, you're still getting your name and your book out there. But I think it really helps to have that and your own, so like your own like marketing, so social media content as well, just because... It, it helps just because it, I don't know, you, you kind of, you get the voice of the writer too. You, I mean, you get the voice of him, of them in the book when you're reading it, and, but you could be, you kind of be like a, the not a character, but like if someone saw followed me on social media, you see like I post a lot of things about cartoons and sports. Mm -hmm. So you see yeah. that I, like how I am as a person too, not just as a writer. So I think, I mean, there are successful writers who just go through the publisher for marketing and promotion and there are successful writers who do both. So it's just, I think it all depends on like the content you're writing and how much work is put in. So, Gotcha. And how has that process been for you? Because um, I know sometimes, you know, like even with this endeavor with the podcast, going on social media sometimes is very draining. Like even if it's just a post, it's like my day has been great. And then, you know, there's like some terrible posts, some child died or something like that. And it's just like, oh, my day is ruined. But then, you know, so how is how is the social media aspect of poetry? How is that? process been for you uh, is it like a necessary evil do you love it some days do you dislike it some days you know how do you feel about it in general um i wouldn't say like a love hate thing but it's like i guess it's i don't want to say like it's a job because i mean it, i guess it kind of is a little bit of a job it's also actually, just actually, another let me, let me stop you there let me stop yeah. you there better question if you could would you delegate it to somebody else the social media aspect i really would Okay, yeah. I, I mean i think that's, that's yeah I, I think i would know. just because i mean i don't i don't it's not like draining for me but it's like it's just like another thing that i think someone um it would help if someone could just focus on that entirely while i just kind of focus on like my own writing but mm -hmm. like i mean again like i like i mean seeing other writers meeting other writers on social media like presenting myself on social media so it's definitely not like a drain or anything like that and it's also I mean, I've come across opportunities. I've come across magazines. I've come across writers and publishers through social media. So, I mean, maybe because, I don't know, I'm not on as much as, say, others, even though I feel like I'm on pretty, I'm on a lot. It's like, from what I've seen, there's also just a lot of conversations going on between, like, in the literary community, too, because, again, it's like this little niche niche thing. So, mm -hmm. um, from what I've seen, it's generally been just interesting and I would say more positive, too, just because a lot of, a lot of writers are like independent writers. So we're always trying to support and help one another. So, but maybe again, maybe I'm just being naive. I'm just kind of not see like, I guess the more cruel dark side, but from what, from my mm -hmm. interaction, they've generally been okay. Okay, great. Awesome. And then uh, overall, what would you say after, maybe after your first book, what was the most eye-opening part of the whole process for you? Um, 
I would say that's that's a really good question. And I feel like I've I've become more comfortable with this like the second time around, like because the first book I did, it was just I I I wasn't I give us a little self-taught in terms of like organizing a manuscript, reaching out to publishers and things like that. I think the second time around, um I was more patient and I feel like I don't know I don't think this is going to come out like the most eloquent way, but I feel like communication was I, I feel like I was more, what's the word? Um, mm, I can't I can't think of the word, but I feel like just communication was like a little bit more clear between mm-hmm. I guess like both parties a little bit. If that makes any sense. So yeah, no, I mean yeah, we get the we get the gist of what you're you know getting at. Okay, um, and then the opposite. What would you say was the most discouraging thing that you kind of came across? You know, in your in your process. Um, I would say and. I would say that, I mean, the first time I'm just thinking about, like, the rejections. Because, I mean, because when you first get into the industry, and you're like, dang, this is going to be, I mean, oh, man, this is going to be a classic. Everyone's going to love this. But then you get rejection, and then rejection, and rejection, and you just kind of, you just, like, slowly shrivel up a little bit, and you little <laughs> die slowly in time a little bit. But, um, I'm, again, I'm, I'm numb to that now, and you have to be numb to it. So, I would say, after the initial, I don't want to say rush of rejection, but like after the, like the initial like declines that you get from magazines and from publishers, um, I that was like the I guess the thing I had to deal with the most. But then I'm much more com- comfortable with it now. So, okay, gotcha. And then um, now this is more of a little bit of an opinion piece. Um, what would you say is your hottest take on poets slash the industry in general? Um, I would say, and I don't I don't even know how hot of a take this is. Hot, hot, hot. But um, I feel like I, I, men- I mentioned self-publishing before, but for I feel like for the longest time, there was this like industry knock that, oh, you only went through a self-publisher. So, I mean, you can't be that good. But I, I disagree with that entirely just because, I mean, a writer is a writer. Um, just because it's not going to a, a publishing house does not mean that there is not still value or art within there. I mean, some of the most renowned writers historically and in our present time self-published i know margaret atwood she self-published and i know stephen king he self-published and just because it's not going through a traditional publisher or an independent publisher does not mean there's not value there so i would i might i guess this hot take would be that um self-publishing is still a viable outlet for writers to get their name out there to share their art and to provide a voice to people so okay great um and then Another controversial topic, but it's a uh, technology that is more prevalent each and every day. Um, what's your opinion? I don't know if you've had the chance to read any or come across any, but what's your opinion on AI, I guess, art as an umbrella term, but, you know, AI poets, AI poetry, you know, that sort of thing. Um, how do you feel about it, you know, as a you know, poet yourself? I mean, I feel like AI has its benefits, but I feel like in terms of poetry, and I'm not saying, I mean, because you can use AI in poetry, but it's just something that I don't, I, I don't see myself ever doing. And I work at um, two literary magazines and I don't see us ever really, I, I don't want to say that because I, because it's like a team effort, but I'm not sure if we would ever accept um, AI poetry. It's just, again, AI can be used for 
other ways and that definitely it have has its benefits but in just in terms of like poetry and like the creative space of using your own voice i i personally wouldn't like seek seek it out so gotcha okay makes sense and then my final question before i pass it over to my uh lovely co-host uh Kayende, um what is your biggest piece of advice for someone looking to start uh to you know get into poetry um my biggest piece of advice and i know i mentioned this before it would be to um weed weed books read poets just i don't know look up publishers in your state go to like go to their website and like order a few books to support publishers support writers and just kind of see what's what are people looking what are people like what are people writing what are people reading and then do the same thing like with literary magazines see how a magazine works see how it's structured see how the pieces that were selected so i i highly recommend people um if you're interested in like writing a book or like writing a a fiction piece or a poetry piece just read other writers so cool 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 lovely how, how do i sound by the way do i sound all right or yeah you sound no, good. i know pablo good. Was yeah. cool oh, cool cool thank you thank you all right so my first question for you mr matthew mm-hmm. um i honestly have never read your poetry before i would love to in the near future but i i mean seeing from you know you have the books behind you and you're your career is based around writing. I I can make the uh, assumption or the presumption that you're a really decent writer. And um, so my first question to you is, what, as time progressed, what has helped you sharpen your pen, you know, helped you add more depth or, or, or uh, just broaden your overall topic subject? Um, again, I think it goes back to just exposing myself to different writers um just exposing myself to like and when i do that i see different ideas i even see like just even like from like the the most like the minute thing of like looking at different words like that's an interesting word let me see what this word means like that's i like how that phrase was set up Mm -hmm. so i mean i think just um reading others has only like helped me has only helped my game so i i would that would be like probably the biggest benefit i feel like in my in my career so far so Understood, understood. And then during the uh, early stages, well, middle stages, intermediary stages, um, excuse me, were you doing open mics? Were you doing poetry circuits? Or was your idea from the beginning to be a published poet? Um, I mean, I would say, excuse me, after like my first book, oh, excuse me, I have... um done like poetry events and i've done readings in magazines and certain certain magazines i've done they've had like when the issue gets published they'll have like a release event and that's maybe it'll be in person or over zoom or teams and we'll do like a virtual reading i've done in-person readings so and it and as as um pablo would tell you i'm more kind of an introvert more low-key kind of laid back but as i've done more of those events i've definitely become more comfortable more confident and speaking in front of others so again it's kind of like when you're first writing that book i mean when you're first getting into the process of writing it's just kind of all baby steps until you just keep getting a little better and better so understood understood and um i remember previously um piggybacking off pablo's question um there are some people who are at the top like one percent of earners in, in the poetry space um so this question where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now regarding poetry? Do you see yourself publishing primarily? Do you see yourself uh, doing like live circuits? Do you see yourself making zillions of dollars off poetry? Like, what do you, what do you see yourself? 
Oh, I, I mean, it would be nice to make zillions of dollars. Like, the only way I'm making zillions of dollars as a poet is if I win the lottery ticket. So. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, five to ten years, I just hope to be kind of in a similar space, but I feel like maybe trying different things in terms of, like, writing and going and, like, speaking, like, speaking events and speaking circuits. So, like, for example, like, a different thing is maybe in the future, I know um, I've done, like, my own book readings and also just, like, literary magazine readings, but maybe going to an event, like, going to, like, an actual, like, conference or a, um, like, one of those oh, festival, like, a book festival, and maybe, like, going out to that and maybe, I don't know, maybe being, like, a keynote speaker for that. So maybe that's something I, I would be interested in doing in the future, so. You see, you see any TED Talks in the future? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, <didn't> really, <laughs> I know, like, um, I know I feel like the TED Talks kind of all over, like, cities, like, a mid-side cities. I think Greensboro definitely has, like, a TED Talk series. But I've looked into it, but, like, very briefly, but I haven't really, really considered it. So Got maybe. you, got you. So uh, during your journey as a poet, when did you realize that um, you you have good stuff? Was it before published, after published? Was was there a point in time before you were published where you're like, nah, I'm I'm really I'm really that guy. <laughs> um, I would say, hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm still not that guy, but <laughs> um, I feel like when I was like first writing, and I wouldn't show it to like a lot of people. But if it was something that I thought was was relatively strong, I would show someone and then I would get good feedback from that. So I feel like that was like maybe like my first, I guess, like the first confidence boost that I got to saying, hey, this is I can, I could I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then as you get published more in magazines, because that that um, helps get your name out there, which is appealing to to publishers because they want to see that you're active and that you do have an audience that enjoyed and like liked your work. So right, I felt right. like as I got, as I kept getting published in more magazines, that definitely made me more confident. Cause that made me, that told me that people like my work, people like to read my work. So I would say like kind of those two instances like really stick out to me. Understood. Uh, next question would be, what is the most creative aspect when it comes to writing poetry? Like what do you, um, what, like what do you tap into? Like, is it, is it trauma? Is it uh, stuff you've seen in, in like, political social climates like what what do you think is the most creative aspect i would say the i guess when i'm writing the thing that really sticks out to me is like music and mm-hmm. i would say this goes back to that teacher i miss i mentioned um miss ann louis donnelly because when we first did that poetry lesson she was showing us lyrics of like bob dylan and right, right. simon and garfunkel so i felt like and i felt like kind of that's kind of been like my foundation like music so and I and I love like like I love hip hop, but I don't really listen to hip hop when I'm mining just because there's so much going on. I just I can't concentrate and focus. So like I'll listen to like jazz and I'll listen to like spirituals and I'll listen to like like American folk music. So just things that are kind of a little bit more calm and still get their message across despite um, not being as, for example, like lyrically as like dense or complex as like uh, I don't know as a black thought song from the roots so <laughs> right 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 so i guess piggybacking off that question would it be so your po- your poetic style is it more like cadence based is it more content based is it more like um how much impact can you have like what what is your style of poetry most like um i would say i mean when, I, when you say cadence based i think of someone who's like a spoken word 
writer. Right, right, right. And to move those spoken wood. And I don't really, I mean, I've, I've had a handful of poems into that four way, but not, I don't really have like a lot of poems that are like based on like the, the over the spoken word type of poetry. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, my poems are very like free verse, which is when it's not like the A, B, A, B, like the A, B, C, A, B, C, where it's like an actual structure in terms of like meters and mimes and how many syllables like go into like one space. So I would, I wouldn't be, I would, that's not how I would describe my book. I would describe my book as very free verse, which is like kind of, it can rhyme. It doesn't have to rhyme. It can have structure. It doesn't have to have structure. So and that would be like the style that I most fit with. So love that. Love that. Uh, last two questions. First one, greatest poet of all time. Ah, greatest poet of all time. That's a tough question. That's tougher than like, who's the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my favorite, it's, and it's tough because this is all subjective. Like my favorite poet of all time is like Langston Hughes. And, mm. but then you look at like the writers who influenced him, like Carl Sandburg and Paul Lawrence Dunbar and Walt Whitman. So I don't know. I mean, my fa- I would just say my favorite is Langston Hughes, but I enjoy the people who influenced him. And also the writers he influenced, like in for the future, um, in the future, like I mentioned, like Sonia Sanchez, uh, Nikki Giovanni, um, Kevin Young, uh, Gil Scott Heron. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I also even if you want to go like classic um, English literature, like even someone like Shakespeare, even though Shakespeare wrote four hundred, five hundred years ago, we're still using like the words that he created. So I don't know. I mean, my favorite is just Langston Hughes, but there's so many poets and writers out there that I can't name like a best. So I know it's just a, I know it's just like the political answer, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the revolution will not be televised. Lupe, <laughs> Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, yeah. Um, you heard it here first from uh from dear cousin Matthew Johnson, published poet, um, and etc. Um, do you have any shout outs? Anybody you would like to um, you know, give recognition to, uh, to who's helped you, you know, in part of the process? I mean, I mentioned the name before several times. Uh, Miss Anne Marie Donnelly, she was my eighth grade teacher in Bridgeport. Without her, I don't know if I get into poetry. Um, I think my parents, Michael and Wynn, who always exposed me to like writing and literature and literally said, no TV, go read a book. Um, <laughs> and also like my siblings, I mean, my family and my friends, but especially my siblings, um, Aaron, Jessica, Aaron and Daniel. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I love them all. And... I don't know, we just always, I don't know, bounce ideas of each other. We, we're always trying different things. We're always trying to be creative. And I think it's really rubbed off of us as, like, we become adults, so. Okay, great. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's lovely. I mean, I know all these people, too. Shout out to them as well. Shout out Mikey <laughs> J from the Couch Taylor. Shout out Aunt Wynn and Uncle Michael. Shout out Daniel. Um, and then where can everyone, uh, you know, uh, give us the titles of your books, where they can be found, uh, your social media handles, everything, so people can, you know, give you a, give you a gander. Okay. Um, my two books right now, they're titled, my first book is Shadow Folk and Soul Songs, and that was published by Kelsey Books. And then my second book was titled Far From New York State, and that was titled, um, published by New York Quarterly Press. 
Um, they're available on my first book is available on my publisher's website, Kelsey Books, and on Amazon. And my second book um, is available on my publisher's website, uh, New York Quarterly Press, as well as Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and Small Press Distribution. And I also have like just the poems I've published and just general information about me on my website, uh, MatthewJohnsonPoetry.com. Great. And then uh, what's your social media handle so people can follow you? Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you have. Um, I know Twitter, it's um, at Matt underscore Johnson underscore D. Um, I'm a little embarrassed, but I got to look up my Instagram really quick. I don't <laughs> no, I, we completely understand. Um, I mean, we try and keep ours the same, but there's times where people, um, you know, they'll have the handle that you wanted. So then you have to make something else and then. You know, I, if only there were less Matthew Johnsons in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely very but, popular name. But my Instagram is Johnson underscore Matthew. So, okay, great. All right, well, you've heard it here first, everybody. Um, this has been another episode of the Culture Connecto Connectors. Sorry, speech impediment today. Uh, Pablo signing out. Kayandi signing out. Matthew Johnson signing out. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right, take care, everyone.